Hello, welcome to Chronicle Correlations podcast with your hosts Fiona and Danny. By the patients, for the patients, please note all of our podcasts is for information only and is not medical advice. Please seek the correct medical advice from a registered medical professional. So Danny, this is our first podcast to introduce ourselves. It is, yeah. Hey Fee. So I, th- I think we're going to use this to explain a little bit about us, aren't we? Um, about what the aim of our podcast is um, and just to let everybody know in the community um, that we are uh, going forward with our research um, and just to spread information about that. Totally agree Danny and I think it's like important how we you know talk about how we met and our own personal experience as well so I think I'll let you start with that first. Well which one to start when we met feet or <laughs> <laughs> so um what as in when you stalked me when we met or <laughs> yeah yeah I'm a bit of a stalker sometimes I admit it <laughs> so for me I mean I've had um issues since a ch- since I was a child um chronic issues ongoing so I've had various issues starting with I had tummy problems from the age of about seven that I can remember uh going forward then I had problems with uh I was diagnosed with Osgood Schlatter's as I went into my teenagers um where I had both of my legs in plaster for I think it was something like 12 weeks each at a time I had one leg in plaster uh the left one uh for yeah for and I was literally plastered from hip to toe um and so I had that for, uh, for weeks because they couldn't figure out what was going on with my leg. <laughs> um, and then as many li- of our listeners will, uh, will know and will uh, resonate with, I started then having problems on the other side from overcompensating. Um, and then eventually I had the one plaster cast off and literally went straight into another plaster cast. Um, when I was 16 then, so throughout my childhood, I had a small lower jaw um, and didn't really have a chin. Um, so at 16, when they determined that I'd stopped growing, I had something called an osteotomy to uh, readjust my jaws and realign my pro- my little jaw forward, pulled the top jaw back a bit and realigned everything, took a bit of bone out and uh, put it in my chin. Um, I was all right for a bit then until I then fell pregnant with my first born. Um, during my pregnancy, I had 15 lots of colposcopy treatment for precancerous cells um and in the way in the end whilst pregnant I had to have like a a mini surgery to cut away a large piece of my cervix um I then went on to have uh four uh premature rupture of the membranes um my first was I was 34 weeks pregnant which wasn't you know I was quite um nearer the end then but the subsequent pregnancies pregnancies then my uh I had premature rupture of the membranes at 25 26 and 27 weeks and my babies were delivered at 27 28 and 29 weeks um all very early obviously uh, and spent a lot of time in the special care baby unit between them uh which again I spent a lot of time there myself um I then went on to have a spleen rupture a bowel rupture I suffer with breast cysts. Um, I've had six aspirated, but they've told me I've got hundreds of simple cysts in my breasts. Um, After the bowel rupture, I was left with SIBO. um, And I was also left with 
bile acid diarrhea, bile acid malabsorption, or BAM as it's known. Um, and that went on for about 10 years. In the meantime, then I tried to get help. Um, I was initially diagnosed with fibro, like a lot of people are. Um, then I went to a pain clinic, pain management clinic, where I saw a cognitive behavioral therapist and a physiotherapist. And it was the physiotherapist who recognized that I was very hypermobile. And uh, as Fee will uh, testify here, I'm extremely hypermobile, aren't I, Fee? <laughs> Definitely are. You put your legs around the clinic with one of my consultants, so I can ensure that you are. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so I'm extremely hypermobile. Um, and again, that's caused multiple issues uh, where I've had partial dislocations. Uh, my ribs are separated from my sternum. Um, what else have I got? <laughs> uh, jaw problems now. Uh, where I had the jaw surgery at 16, my jaw's actually drifted back. Um, and then I've... Uh, so I spent many, many years researching um, because I was told to, self, to try and find some self-help groups. Uh, for EDS because where I live there's really not much support or help um, so I started looking into things more myself um, I noticed that my family history as well so my mum's diagnosed with fibro my sister displays fibro symptoms and has got many of her own issues um, she's had cranial instability she's had a fusion um, she's now got a pituitary tumour uh, which is secreting prolactin um, which she's currently receiving treatment for. Uh, then my children have got issues. Uh, my daughter, it was initially two leaking valves, but recently we were told she has four leaking valves, regurgitation. She suffered with severe mast cell issues, as did I as a child, which I didn't mention earlier. So I had a severe nickel allergy uh, throughout my uh, prior to puberty. I was allergic to anything, belts, uh, earrings, rings, you know, anything that was I'd, I'd contained nickel. I had a severe reaction to, as well as other things. Um, and then after years of researching, I finally started uh, connecting the dots then. Um, started making correlations between many of the crossovers of, uh, of things like fibromyalgia, um, heads, joint hypermobility, um, and associated comorbidities. Um, and then I made a bit of a breakthrough, I believe, um, about nine 10 months ago um, and then I started working on writing a paper which I have as you know Fee and it's available on uh, my social media uh, for anybody who wants to look at that um, and then I started looking for somebody uh, because I knew I needed help with this so I started kind of yeah stalking people and, uh, and you were the chosen one Fee. <laughs> <laughs> yeah then, quite Quite literally. And I didn't I? Um, and Fee thought I was a complete and utter weirdo at first. Um, and was a bit sort of okay. But then as we, uh, as I shared some information with, with you and you realised that we were both sort of uh, on the same wavelength then with the research that we've done. because Those publications. Fee, yeah, as Fee's going to tell you herself in a minute. Um, Fee's read uh, thousands of publications like myself. I mean, for me, um, so I'm uh, I'm neurodivergent. That's something else people should know. Um, I have hyperfocus uh, problems, and one of my hyperfocuses is zinc. It's been a hyperfocus. So I literally um, have studied zinc deficiency in humans um, very intensely. We're talking eight to nine hours a day, probably for the last nine months. Zinc particularly. 
uh, the other areas I've studied for 10 years, i.e. the connective tissue and the chronic uh, chronic disease like fibro and other issues, uh, other diseases like polycystic kidney disease uh, and many others. Um, so I think it's over to you, Nifey, really. <laughs> Thanks, Danny. We appreciate that. <laughs> but we can thank the algorithm on Instagram, can't we? We certainly can. So, yeah, again, I'm not very good for social media, as he will tell you, but I bit the bullet and opened an Instagram account <laughs> uh, to share my zinc uh, research and my chronic disease research, really. Uh, primarily zinc, though, from my perspective and how it fits into all these uh, these pictures. So, um, in regards to me, as you said, it was over to me, um, I have quite a multi-generational um, family history of hypermobility heads and also, um, you know, related comorbidities. Like I said, we had four to five generations. So, for example, both um, like me and my dad were both diagnosed by top EDS rheumatologists in the world that we both had heads. The families had a lot of cystic behaviour, um, aneurysm blows, especially in the circle of Willis. Circle of Willis is in the brain, and they have blown and caused um, subcranial hemorrhage, which is uh, brain bleeds. So it's been quite catastrophic, as you know, Danny, for my family recently, especially. Yeah. Um, and it's still quite raw from that point. Um, the other thing I was just going to interrupt, sorry, Fee, and say from both of our perspectives as well, we both have a history of cancer in the family, don't we? Yeah, correct. Yes. We both have a history of some cancers in the family as well. So we've had a big perspective on that. I mean, talking about myself growing up, I had similar issues, um, especially around the teenage point, like the flux, the flex points. So yeah. when you're growing, I mean, I was in from my um, ankle to my hip as well due to knee dislocations but yeah. then I excelled in sports when I was out of it and um, so then I went into things like martial arts I've had recurrent joint pain issues growing pains um, I've had knee surgery so I've had ACL rupture which is the anterior cruciate ligament and yeah. then I've had the MPFL rupture in the knee then I've also had um, double hip FAI, so hip impingement surgery. Yeah. Um, so I've had quite a lot of surgeries. I've had sacralitis as well, which, you know, sacralitis, a dysfunction, which is the back low of the back by the pelvis. Yeah, um, I've had that as well, actually. And um, I think we've both got degenerative discs. Uh, multiple. Yeah. I mean, we've both got that. And I think also... During the pandemic, I've had like multiple dentic tumours removed from my sinuses and my jaw in yeah. the middle of the pandemic. Um, and then also it's been a case of a rather noticed cystic behaviour. And in my family, they noted a PKD1 gene, which is what you said earlier, polycystic kidney disease. Yeah. Um, and there have been publications to confirm there has been crossovers of Ehlers-Danlos like symptoms with polycystic kidney disease, which is PKD1. Yeah. I myself have been doing research for years because from my point, there has been catastrophic behaviour. You know, there wasn't just one person with the very brain aneurysms in the circle Willis that died. You know, it's multiple people. Um, and I think, you know, I say multiple people because it's a long chapter there Danny if that makes sense and also it's quite a raw still especially when one has passed this year yes definitely Fee I mean you've had a horrendous year to be fair with your family um and this condition then 
Totally. And I think it's, you know, I only mentioned one person because it's still trying to go through the process of dealing with it. And it's, you know, quite overwhelming in the sense. And so I've been basically researching for years. I mean, you know, I've been giving publications to like some of my medical professionals and my EDS professionals for years now because I've seen correlations between in the publications between um, polycystic kidney disease, Marfan's, osteogenesis imperfecta, Loitz Dietz, yeah. TGFB, the pathways down. And when, then I met you, Danny, and then you were stalking me on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> and you were coming out with all these questions of me. I'm like, who are you? <laughs> and where and then, you from? <laughs> and yeah, I was like, where did this person come from? This random person that I've never met before, you know? And then we had the same publications. So um, we were exactly going around the right way. We both seemed to understand one another. And I think we had the one common goal is, Danny, is we don't want to see people suffer the way we have. It's to protect the public or try to help other people, be it doctors, um, charities, to give them the correct information or any new evidence, as in supporting evidence that could actually help the communities, even if that's EDS or chronic diseases, because... If you've been through what we've been through, Danny, you know, you don't want to see anyone go through that, especially like your premature, you know, pregnancies and stuff like that. Definitely. And I mean, I wouldn't, uh, I have concerns for the future for my own daughters, you know, when they uh, have children, that that may be something that they'll have to deal with. And, you know, it's, it's a scary place to be. I mean, when I had my first, I was, I was in my early twenties with my first extremely prem baby. Um, I was, you know, very early 20s, didn't know, quite know, understand what was going on, you know, um, and it wasn't really explained to me very well. After the third, extremely premature and still nobody asked wifey um, or, or did any investigations to think, well, there must be a problem here. There's something wrong. You know, who has three uh, extremely prem babies in a row like I said my first was uh, at 34 weeks I think I was my waters broke 34 35 weeks which is deemed more you know um, not as prem obviously obviously it's premature but extremely prem um, at at the the weeks I was interestingly things that I've noted now um, from my research on every single one of the prematurities I had pneumonia fee for example Mm, yeah yeah, so um, there's things that I've started to notice. And the other things I noticed in pregnant, uh, I remember now in pregnancy, there were comments made that I had extremely high HCG levels when I had my pregnancy tests, the, co- the confirmed ones that were sent off. Yeah. Um, so things like that, I believe, are significant here. Um, and then, like I said, there's other things that we've noted ourselves, haven't we? You know, we've got cross correlations between us that of things where we've done our own independent research, but when we've put it together, we've got the same. Um, totally. So, and, I just, yeah. and I just wanted to say as well to people, in regards to when we talk about publications, this is, you know, medical research, which has been done by doctors, which has been peer-reviewed on, you know, websites such as PubMed, Elsevier, all you know medical professionals have access to yeah. that as well as patients so they yeah. are there we've spoken to multiple professors during the, the extent the course of our research now um, we've spoken to some of the professors who have written these papers uh, in person uh, to confirm that these papers are accurate that they're correct um etc haven't we fee so yeah and that's uh, and and that's just to back us up because as we are patients we always like to go to the correct 
professionals to ensure it's all accurate data that you know we are presenting and that's the main important thing you know and like I said you know things like PubMed and Elsevier are the crucial sites there as well and you know because they have been peer-reviewed yes yeah they I mean we only use reputable sources definitely um again for for this reason um so that they are accurate um and we have challenged um everybody that we've given it to to go away and look for themselves because the information is is readily available um if with a with a simple search of those sites um such as pubmed elsevier gene cards is another one um which uh pulls together gene cards is a bit like your go compare isn't it for your of genetic <laughs> because Something it pulls like together that. it pulls together all your information um from various sites like uniprot um, PubMed, etc., uh, et National Institute of Health, and it puts it all on one easy page for you. Um, and all the references again are there. Um, it's a wealth of information I find on gene cards. Um, like I said, there's obviously the other sources that we've used multiple of, and we use we've used things like Ghent, haven't we? In Belgium, yeah, Ghent as well. That's another one that we use. Yeah, we've used particular Belgium. journals, i.e., nephrology, cardiac journals, genetics, genetic immunology, virology. Genetic. Rheumatology. Uh, so we've had, we have had a wide breadth now um, of all these, um, and then COVID came, obviously, um, which the research then um, a lot more research has come out over the last year due to the COVID pandemic, um, which again has actually uh, cemented our research, hasn't it, Fee? Um, no, a lot, a lot I mean, of it's there. It's totally cemented our research and, you know, we've been telling people about it different, like we say, charities, medical professionals, you know, so they're fully informed as well. And, you know, patients as in the publications and for them to seek the right medical advice. Yeah. But I think what we've also come out of this is I think the reason why we're starting this podcast is we've had a lot of messages to say that they people feel like they're not heard in the chronic illness community. And we wanted to give a diversity, didn't we, with this podcast of people that we're talking with definitely i mean we've got a diverse audience haven't we um and, and a diverse range of followers between us for, from doctors um all the way you, you know to patients so we've got a, a large spectrum here i mean we focused um for us it's you know we want to hear everybody's perspective on this we want to hear their experience we want to see you know, like like myself and yourself, we've got quite similar experiences growing up. A lot of the people we've spoken to have as well. Um, so we're we're seeing lots of correlations, which are currently not noted in the um, the diagnostic criteria. Um, but there's a lot of thing, a lot of crossovers with a lot of the people we've spoken to, like cystic behaviour, for example, isn't it, Fee? Correct, and you know it's important to see these cor correlations and share our stories because that's the only way that we're going to get answers as well and people have further clarity and transparency as well. And I think it's really exciting because we've got a massive range of people coming onto our podcast from different types of chronic disease patients right down to um, medical professionals that work with EDS patients. So I think it's important we're getting that diversity. Yeah. I was going to say, we've spoken to some amazing people, to be fair, haven't we? Um, with a, a range of diverse stories and their, their journeys are, you know, heart heartbreaking. You know, some of the things that people have had to go through is heartbreaking. Um, 
and so for me like I said we we've made some met, met some lovely people now along the way you know um and we want them to be able to have their voice heard too I think that's the thing you've hit the nail on the head there in the sense of you know some of the stories are heartbreaking in the sense of what they've been through the traumatic you know stress and the PTSD and you know just to get a diagnosis as well some of them Danny you know yeah. and then and- just passing on to their families they they can see it in other family members and they can see manifestations i.e in their own children like I did um and you know it, it passes through they may have a niece or a nephew who's suffering you know it, but everybody seems to be um suffering fee and you know i don't want to give too much away but like i said you know we've got some amazing guests coming on the show and you know we've already started to do some recordings and i think the main thing coming out of this standard which me and you both want is to create that diversity and people to have a voice because everyone's at a different stage in their chronic disease i.e if they're new to it as yeah. in long covid or you know those type of areas or if they're the elders of it i.e like us when we've been in it years now where we've been dealing with the process you know definitely i mean we've spoken to some people who are you know they've been they're in situations where they can't do a food shop without spending three days in bed afterwards we've been there haven't we fee you know I, I know I certainly have. I've been in that position where I've struggled, you know, um, to to maintain myself and self-care because I, my health is just, you know, appalling. So after I had my bowel out, you know, I, I was really unwealthy. Re- and I was, I was quite unwell beforehand and it built up slowly until it ruptured. And about, I'm going to say, two months before it ruptured, um that's when I started feeling really, really unwell. I just felt really sick and nauseous all the time. I had stomach pains. I just felt exhausted, just so tired and didn't know what to do with myself. Um, I was taking the children to school and vomiting after literally I dropped them off, right? And I'd be running out of the schoolyard to vomit outside the school gates fee. And I did that for you. And that's what I mean, that people don't realise things like, like that, you know? people don't talk about things like that and I think that opens up another subject we're going to be talking about different types of subjects as well that aren't talked about in the community which exist in the communities as well yes because I think it's important that we cover subjects like that because you know we have to be transparent so people are aware that these things do exist in the community because there are patients and people with chronic disease that have these particular situations or symptomatic behavior you know Definitely. I mean, we when we've talked in our conversations, I think we were on about this last night, actually, feet about um, somebody many years ago I saw um, compiled a list of all the symptoms that they'd correlated um, in HEDS patients or EDS patients um, and, and ex, uh, slash fibromyalgia slash chronic fatigue. Um, and the diversity of symptoms and they're things which, like I said, are not currently noted in any criteria. So for anyone listening, if you want to tell us you're weird and wonderful, we would love to hear. We want to hear all your weird and wonderful symptoms because it helps us with our, uh, our, uh, our little puzzle that we've been piecing together for many years. Um, and just like I said, we've, we've come across lots of weird and wonderful symptoms, haven't we, Fee, to be no. fair? Totally. And that's the thing. I think until people understand all the symptomatic behaviour, then a better transparency or understanding about the condition can be found, you know? 
exactly if yeah because ultimately um i feel this is just my personal opinion but medications are doled out and it's just like putting a, a plaster on something rather than fixing the root cause and determining the root cause because ultimately if you can find a root cause then you can fix it you may not be able to fix all the damage that's been done mind completely yet there's not going to be a magic pill but if you can assess the root cause then you can stop that happening because you can take that cause away potentially so i mean for me and ourselves fee um we've done a lot of work as we know and we've been doing things with ourselves haven't we um our own health then um and as i've i've started feeling a lot better over the last few months um the best i felt in years again i'm not saying i'm 100% perfect however i also appreciate that things take time um and that this is a longer process than just a magic pill um i think yourself fee you've again you've made some changes in your lifestyle and you feel better yeah no totally so you know i this is only my personal experience i can only talk about my personal experience and say to anyone if they are trying to change anything they need to speak with a registered medical professional yes but um, from my point i've went to my own particular mediterranean diet and i've noticed a complete reduced um inflammation inflammatory response um, and then I'm also taking the zinc as well. And I've noticed other changes as in vasculitis has stopped. As we know from the publications, Danny, you know, it will take a, quite a little bit of time for all the processes to get back into um, regulation um, from what the publications um, suggest. That's right. I mean, the publications suggest that obviously because there's damage being caused and when you're deficient in certain nutrients, i.e. like zinc, you cannot repair that damage and then that damage becomes accumulative. Once those processes are then kicked back in, it can repair the damage. It's just going to take a little bit of time because it still needs the zinc for certain processes in the body first. Anything that's left over is going to use, uh, is going to help with the repair processes, like I said, because then those mechanisms are working as they should be. Everything is a balance, as we keep saying, Fee, everything. And when you said about speaking to a, me a registered medical professional, that is definitely something we, we are, um, you know, pushing then for everybody. This is not go out and just grab some multivitamins. You need to speak to a registered professional regarding this. I myself, my gastroenterologist and my rheumatologist are both aware of, of what I've been doing with myself. Yeah so they're, they're both fully aware as you know fee um and the same with you your your clinicians are aware of the things that you've done correct uh, and also i think they are also keeping an eye on the situation i.e primary care such as your gp my rheumatologist yes. and my other consultants because you know this is also very new in the medical community and, yes. you know, they need to analyse it carefully and watch carefully as well, which is why it is absolutely crucial. This is only for information only and people need to see the correct medical registered professional for further advice. That's right. The other thing about I'd like to say about zinc fee is that, again, people think if they think that they're going to run out and get a blood test, a blood test is an inaccurate marker. So plasma zinc 
is an inaccurate marker of zinc status in the body because it can be affected by so many things. There are so many variables that can affect it. So it isn't an accurate marker. And again, that is well documented in the publications, isn't it, Fee? Correct. And, you know, when you look at the markers and also what affects zinc, like stress can affect zinc levels. Uh, surgery can, um, you know, affect zinc levels. You know, certain foods can um, knock zinc out as well. Iron can knock zinc out. Yeah, yeah, medications then. And again, very, um, very commonly used medications such as proton pump inhibitors, um, such as contraception. And again, that's not to say that any listeners should worry or panic about that. Again, you should be seeking the correct medical advice uh, regarding these matters as to interactions between medications. That's what your pharmacists are there for. That's what your doctors are there for. So should you want to make a change in any supplementation, you should be speaking to your doctor because they can interfere with many other medications, like if you take heart medications. The other thing, zinc at high levels over long periods will upregulate T-cells and will cause cancer. So that is why you should always seek medical advice, because actually over supplementation uh, with any new, any micronutrient, any vitamin is just as bad as under supplementation. It has an effect because there are a ratio of balances between these uh, these nutrients. So and once the ratio is off, that's when things change in the body, the bacteria in your gut changes in the body. And I think that's why it's important as well, because when they go to medical professionals in regards to anything like this or yes. any medical advice, they will check certain levels, do their that's correct right. tests. So, so again, on the, on the note of the zinc uh, test, for example, um, actually zinc and copper run hand in hand as far as ratios go. There is a ratio between zinc and copper. So if you are taking zinc, you really there's a balance between that and the copper. So you don't want to change that balance. You don't want it to become imbalanced. It may already be imbalanced, but that is, again, something that should be discussed with a medical professional. But do you know what, though, Danny? I am very much looking forward to this podcast. Um, I think yeah. it's going to get everybody's views and opinions out there, people's voices being heard, and we've got a wide range of people from the States, Europe, Australia, New Zealand, Asia. It is completely worldwide our um, podcast is going to be and I think it hopefully will give some people some hope as well and maybe some knowledge and also you know advocation I think is the correct word as well there Danny. Yeah and I mean if anybody wants us to talk about certain subjects just give us a, a, a message or uh, have a look on Instagram write on Instagram um, fees uh, I'm rubbish at replying <laughs> um, <laughs> But, but fee's awesome. <laughs> so, and if I just go to the PA, message, yeah. If I do get a message, I generally pass it to fee for fee to um, fee responds because, um, again, I, as I've said, I'm uh, neurodivergent and I'm very very good with some things, but my executive functioning um, when I'm trying to reply is, is awful. So, uh, I it takes me hours to send like. But a few they lines. can also send a message via the podcast as well or our Instagram. So they have the access to one of us there. Do you know what I mean, Danny? Yeah, sure. And I mean, for anyone who doesn't know who's listening, um, it's at EDS Expert Patient. And Fee, you're at Fiona My EDS. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. And I've also, there's also uh, an email for me, EDS Expert Patient at gmail.com if you don't want to go via uh, the Instagram, uh, if you want to private message me. 
in that way, that's perfectly fine. Like I said, uh, we will respond. We always do, don't we, Fee? Yeah, but like I said, they can use the podcast as well to message us because there's a link on there as well. So Fantastic. So again, Fee's good at all the uh, admin. Fee sorts out the podcast, don't you? You're amazing. <laughs> <laughs> so we make a good team, don't we, Fee? <laughs> Quite literally, we do. Talking hours a day, Danny. <laughs> oh, yes. Yes. Hours and hours a day. So I think we will leave it there, Danny. And, um, you know, we'll let them know when the first pod, basically the ideas every podcast will be released on a monday yeah so you know it will be released on a monday so everyone has access to it for one week and then a week following the new podcast will be released so let's see and let's get rolling with the podcast so the first one is going to be released this monday danny isn't it it is yes this monday so we've had uh, had a chat with a lovely lady haven't we Fee? Uh, yeah we've had a fat chat with lovely two ladies um so so far we're just getting that in the right route aren't we of who's going to be the first podcast and I think it will be beneficial these particular two podcasts as well you know because I think they go into a lot of depth as well these two particular wonderful ladies that we spoke with didn't didn't they yeah again they've got um both of them have got wonderful information I think um to help people um and to give their experiences and their uh, their knowledge um, of chronic disease um, and their own, like like I said, their own experiences, which again are, are varied, um, but the same in lots of ways, you know, um, as as we've come to find. So yeah, I'm really excited, like I said, for this to uh, for us to start, and looking forward to Monday, like I said, to kick things off. And uh, going forward then, looking forward to speaking to lots and lots of our other listeners. And, you know, like we said, you know, we want as many people as possible. And I'm still getting through. I think I've got one or two left to respond to. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, you know, I hope they appreciate it has been pretty busy. <laughs> I'm not going to say the least, but especially coming up to Christmas time. Um, yeah. So, yeah. We should, we should tell people we both work as well in all of this, don't we, Fee? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, we both work full time. Um, so we're doing that in the podcast, our research. So as you can imagine, I hope people can, you know, respect and understand it's been pretty crazy time for us. But yeah. I and just I've got hope... have a busy household here, have my feet. Definitely. Definitely, Alf the talking dog. I love him. <laughs> yeah, Danny's got a dog called Alf that talks and he responds back to her and it's absolutely <laughs> hilarious. Sometimes when we've been on like, zoom calls or podcasts you just start doing it so you know if you do hear it you know that's Alf the dog all right <laughs> Alfie likes to say hi sometimes doesn't he <laughs> definitely so I think we'll leave it there Danny and um, that's an introduction for everyone who's listening to our podcast but I just wanted to say at the end of this please know all of our podcasts is information only and is not medical advice Please seek correct medical advice from a registered medical professional. And we'd also like to thank everybody for their support um, along this journey that we've been having for a little while now, Fee, isn't it? Um, We've got a lot of support from um, the community um, and a lot of support from uh, the surrounding medical areas. um, I I completely agree with you then, Danny. We've had such amazing support across social media and I can't thank everyone enough because 
they've truly been backing us, supporting us, and we wouldn't be anywhere without you guys. And I just wanted to also say thanks to the Hyper Mobility Happy Hour as well for allowing us and inviting us on the podcast to put our views across, and we really appreciate that as well. And so thank you very much, everybody. We um, hope that you have a good evening, and we hope you like the first podcast starting this Monday. Take care, everyone. Bye. 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 Bye.